This is a conversation with Garrett Bedrosian. Hi, Garrett. Hi, Serge. So you're trained in several modalities? Yes. So my primary modality is as a bioenergetic therapist. I've been involved in bioenergetics since 1990. And because I am a dancer myself and I love to be in my body and do improvisational theater, I decided to train also in expressive arts so that I could combine the freedom in the arts with the technicality of the bioenergetics. And then I'm also trained in Imago relationship therapy. And that's perfect also because Imago is based on a developmental model and bioenergetics is based on a developmental model. And I don't know if you know this, but bioenergetics has also um, integrated a lot of attachment theory. So we work in a very relational way with our clients, even though we're doing somatic work with them. So the com- combination of the bioenergetics and the Imago relationship work is very exciting to me. And I started um, using body work with couples as well as with individuals. So that's my new passion. Hmm. So that would be great. Maybe we can talk uh, talk a little bit more about how you integrate these two approaches. Okay, that's great. Well, I don't know if you know much about Imago. Imago is based on a theory that we learn our template of love in our families of origin. And then that template becomes an unconscious kind of radar system as we become adults and start looking for our life partners. And if you think about the number of people that you come in contact with in your life and the number of people that possibly you become attracted to and maybe even the few that you fall in love with, those people fit that unconscious template. Their energy somehow feels familiar to you because it's something that you learned in your family. So that's a very nice little touch of um, including just with the imago the sense of that the recognition is done at an energy level. Yes, exactly. So energetically in our families, certain parts of our character are supported. And so we can live more fully in those parts of our character. And certain parts of our character are uh, maybe not supported or maybe even rejected. So, again, I'm, I'm stopping just because there's a lot in what you're saying. You say uh-huh. certain parts of our character, uh, you're alluding to, in bioenergetics, the character structures. So uh, it's a sense of, in a way, there's stages of development, character structures that fit you a little where you, you live in more of the time, and then mm-hmm. that connection is at that level? Yes, I'm speaking actually in, in both sense of the word and character. In bioenergetics, we certainly have certain characteristics, character types that are associated with the developmental stages of our life, and we get stuck sometimes in certain developmental stages. But also in terms of character, I'm talking about um, passions and personality and um, the the uh, places where we feel alive and interested in our lives. And sometimes in our families, those places and those things about us get supported. Like if I wanted to be an artist and my family didn't necessarily um, value that, 
they might dissuade me or even reject that part of me. So then I would reject that and that energy would get disturbed or held or depressed or repressed in mm-hmm. my body. So then when I go out into the world as an adult, then maybe what becomes interesting to me is somebody who has developed that part of them. Their energy in their artist is more alive. And yes. maybe they're interested in is... Maybe I've become very responsible and serious, and maybe they're looking for somebody very grounded. So now we find each other because our energies match. Yes. So they could match at a level of, uh, oh, this is like me, uh, but they could match at the level of, this is what I'm yearning for. Yes, exactly. We sometimes, you know, we have an energetic pulse that pulses in and pulses out. And so if we get stuck on an impulse, then we might look for somebody who has an out pulse about those things that we're missing in ourselves. And they're looking for the opposite. So mm-hmm. that brings us together in an attraction. But of course, even though those things are attractive and interesting to us in the beginning, those are the things that end up causing power struggles in our relationship. Yes. Because they challenge us and they make us vulnerable. And then we say, uh-oh, I'm not sure I'm ready to go there. And so then we do to our partners exactly what our parents did to us and say, no, <laughs> don't do that. Don't be alive in that way. And then our partner doesn't like that so much anymore. That wasn't the contract that they signed up for <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah, so, yeah. So energetically, when I'm working with individuals, I'm looking for, you know, where are you stuck? Where are you repressed? What, where is your energy held in the muscles and cells of your body? And what can we do to release that holding? And we think of the body like an energy economy just like our national budget. Mm-hmm. If we're using all of this national budget for defense, then we don't have as much available for social programs. So in our bodies, if we're using this to defend ourselves against being hurt, then it's not available for aliveness and passion and creativity. So we want to free that energy. Yeah, yeah. So so the areas of stuck is actually a way in which we, we hold energy in yeah. an area that has to do with something where we're not able to protect ourselves. So that's kind of an armored area. That's right. And the irony of that, of course, is that when we're defending, then we're more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's when we are fully alive and grounded that we are more protected, we're safer, because we have a sense of safety in our bodies and a sense of groundedness in our bodies. If that energy is being used to defend and hold, if I'm holding my body tight, then I'm more likely to get um, pushed over yeah. emotionally or physically. I'm more likely to get wounded. Yeah. So, so we want to free that energy so that you can feel solid within your sense of self. So... That's with individuals. And then with couples, of course, we have them mirroring each other in their energy and triggering each other into these places of vulnerability and fear and trauma and need for protection. And all that energy is flying around the room all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So what I like to do is stop them when I can experience that and ask them to slow down and pay attention. What just happened in your body? What just happened in your jaw? I noticed you tightened your jaw or you stopped breathing or you turned, you twisted your body in some way. Let's pay attention to that. Let's exaggerate that. What is your body telling us right now? What happens when we start to release that? So we can go in either direction. We can exaggerate it and learn more about it, or we can release it and find out what happens. And oftentimes the vulnerability then starts to come through. Yeah. So in contrast to, say, uh, doing couples therapy or imago therapy specifically, in a talk therapy mode, what happens is when you notice a pattern, uh, you bring the client's attention to right. what's happening in the body. Right. And uh, the way you do it is uh, you have noticed, for instance, a clenching of the jaw or a tightening someplace. So you just specifically attract the client, push the client's attention to that area, what's happening mm-hmm. there. Uh, so that they can be conscious of the body experience at the same time as the emotional experience. Right, exactly. And as they're learning and becoming more aware of this unconscious holding that's happening and what it could be protecting them from, their partner is witnessing. And the partner then can develop more empathy for them because they're watching them as they struggle with this internal unconscious need to protect and where it might come from all the way back into their childhood. Yes, yes. So in other words, that's a very uh, visual experience that what's happening is, okay, I'm not taking it personally because I can see how it's happening to him or to her, you know, and it's a very profound, powerful experience that actually shows in the body. Exactly, exactly. And you said something that hit the nail right on the head. They don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with me. This is something that you have in your own body that you struggle with within yourself that maybe you don't have a choice about it because it wasn't conscious before. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So can we talk a little bit about what, you know, what it's like uh, in a session? I know that you have a general, you gave a general sense of, uh, you know, observing what it is, noticing patterns, pointing out, uh, you know, the attention to uh, to what's happening in the body. Now, can you maybe give some examples of that? Let's see. Um, I have been working with a couple... They're both very, very bright. Um, their um, families are from Iran, so they have that cultural similarity and yet um, the structure of that culture as well. So there's a lot of uh, feeling about who they should be and who their partner should be, so they have a lot of expectations about each other. Um And quite often, without recognizing it, they criticize and reject one another. Mm -hmm. It's so unconscious because it's so ingrained in their personalities from their culture, from their families, that I have to slow them down and 
he has a tendency to kind of lift his head and his body, his neck, and look down his nose at her. Hmm. It's very interesting <laughs> to watch his body actually transform, and he looks down at her and gets this tone, this parental critical tone. And when she first came into session, she said, I never feel good enough with you which, of course, is the way he felt with his father. Mm -hmm. So now his body has adapted that, and he actually looks down his nose at her. So I've gotten him to the point where he can feel that actual transformation happening in his body. He can feel his chest lifting, his head going up, little peacocky, <laughs> and then <laughs> looking down his nose at her. And he started to shift that. Mm -hmm. and lifted his chin, softened his chest, relaxed his jaw, and was actually able to say, wow, this is amazing. Just by changing my body, I notice my feelings have changed. Okay, so okay, interesting here is uh, for people who think of bioenergetics as a method that is about catharsis, what mm -hmm. you're describing is really more of a sense of mindfulness. As you have pointed out what happens in the body, and right. the client is able to follow it, to be more aware of it, uh, mm -hmm. comes the idea that there is a possibility of acting on the body, and yeah. in that of having a different experience of reality and uh, a, giving a different experience of self to his partner. Right, exactly. And he was also able to say, you know, now that I've experienced this on a body level, I can see that my dad used to make me feel that way. Mm. So he got two awarenesses here, one about his own wounding, yeah. and then how he now has adapted that as a defense, as a protection, and now how he does this to his wife. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's been beautiful. So what's the experience of the wife, you know, as you work with him? Um, right, so she came from a family, of course, where her father was authoritarian and uh, very opinionated about who she should be in the world. And the way that she learned to protect herself was to uh, develop a secret self inside that she doesn't share. Mm -hmm. And that, to him, feels like abandonment. Mm. So when he is in his uh, critical mode, then she withdraws mm. to protect herself, just like she did in her family. And she actually will twist in her chair or cross her arms. And that's the way she withdraws. And then, of course, that triggers his abandonment. Mm -hmm. So now getting her, when he can come forward and recognize what he's doing and soften, then she comes forward and he can experience that. And then the opposite, when she pulls up and withdraws and pulls herself back, then she can notice that he's getting triggered and she can then soften her face. She gets a very harsh look on her face, soften the muscles in her face bring her body forward to face him, open her posture, breathe more deeply, let herself know that he's not intentionally trying to control her like her dad, mm -hmm. and be 
present. Just be present. And that then changes him. And yeah. of course, gives her the experience that she's safe. Yes. So, again, I'm struck as I'm listening to you by the fact that you're noticing a pattern. Again, just the same way as in talk therapy, you would notice the pattern, notice how it's uh, connected to the, the experience in the family of origin. Mm-hmm. But you're also very, very carefully noticing the way the pattern is expressed in the body language and right. in the, uh, you know, the choreography, you're a dancer. And so in a way, it looks like you're looking at what's happening between these two people, not just as a play or a radio play, but as a piece of choreography where you notice the movement and the, uh, you know, the, the facial expression and the movement. And as you're pointing it out uh, to people very precisely, you're able to give them the option to actually change that choreography and to notice what's happening when it is changed. I'm going to steal that when you just said. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my website. <laughs> that I choreographed the session. I really like that. <laughs> Yeah, and it feels really like a sense of choreographing, not at all in a sense of imposing your will, but really a very carefully notice where the uh, movement is uh, in order to redirect the energy. So uh, it you know it feels like a very I mean I have that uh, that sense of you very uh, keenly being in touch with the energy as it is expressed, so that in a way through your intervention. Uh, there is the possibility of the energy being reflected and redirected. That's right. And what I tell my couples is it's not so important that we get through this content, that we solve this problem. What's more important is that we intervene on these patterns, because if we could do that, then the change will be more embodied, mm-hmm. more thorough, and then you will be different in the relationship. Yes. And those issues will begin to disappear. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes in a uh, more traditional bioenergetic way, I might choreograph something, like if they are in a push-pull in their relationship, I may have them match hands and push and pull on each other, you know, like a tug-of-war with their hands, or I might have them, um, if they're frustrated with each other, this is a really good way to get a back massage, is to have one of them <laughs> bend over and have the other one just kind of pound on their back. Of course, if there's no domestic violence or abuse in their backgrounds, but just that kind of pounding and saying, you frustrate me so much. <laughs> <laughs> and the partner who's getting hit says, oh, do that harder. That feels really good. <laughs> And then they start laughing. Yeah. You know, because the person's able to express their frustration by pounding and saying these things, and the person underneath is saying, wow, I like this. Do my legs now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they can see, oh, this is us. This is what we do. We get frustrated with each other, and now we can act it out in a humorous way and move past it. Mm-hmm. Move the energy. Yeah, yeah, so it becomes really healing energy at that level. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I also, um, on a sweeter tone, I do something with couples that I call spoon tuning. So I might have them actually, I have a mat in my office, 
and I have them lie down together with one person spooning the other. Mm-hmm. And then I will have the person on the inside begin to breathe in a way that the person on the outside can feel. And then the person on the outside begins to match the breathing. Mm. So now they're in tune with each other's breathing. And I tell them, if you do this for just a minute or two, when you feel a frustration coming on or when you're feeling disconnected from one another, you're going to begin to feel connected again. And you might not even have to talk about that frustration anymore. It mm-hmm. might just disappear because what you want really is connection. Mm-hmm. So let's get connected and then see what happens. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it feels like uh, you know, in that specific, it's a specific technique, but it's also a metaphor for what you're doing. It's just helping people connect and discovering the barriers to connection, but right. not staying in a way, in the problem or trying to, to uh, you know, to solve arguments, mm-hmm. just finding a way to, um, uh, to what is behind the block. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I talk to them about, you know, this is a team issue mm-hmm. and we need to be on the team and solve this problem as a team. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to get on the same team before we start addressing this problem? So I will do whatever I need to do to get them on the same team, and then we'll address whatever the issue is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what about, uh, say, clients that come to you as a couple but might be a little bit more shy about... Um, you know, just uh, paying attention to body or can be so wound up in their issues um, mm-hmm. that it's really very difficult to to shift from that, you know, to uh, um, to something that's focused on, on um, you know, just working inside and paying attention to the energy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, certainly I have couples coming in that are so triggered that um, getting them to cooperate (laughs) can be challenging. So I will kind of work with them in relationship to me Mm -hmm. and translate to the partner to create some safety. Mm -hmm. And that I speak about safety a lot. So my job is to create the safety in the room and to find out what it is that they need to be able to relax enough to take a breath. Mm -hmm. So I work with them to let them know that I'm hearing them, that I'm interested in them, that I hear their frustration, I know they're at wit's end and they're feeling very desperate about all of this and I really want to help them and that what I know is that we need to start from a grounded place. I want them to have success And if I start them from this chaotic place, we're not going to have success. So, you know, I get them to um, kind of find their own goal. Do they want success? Do they want to work on this relationship? Okay, then let's start from a more grounded place. And I will work with them individually with their partner observing this Mm -hmm. and then work with the other partner before I have them talking to each other. 
and if it gets interrupted, I have them stop, go back to their original goal or their original mission to just stop, get grounded, find that place of um, calmness inside of them, and then come back to their partner again. Yeah. So generally, I can get them to um, at least talk to me mm-hmm. if they can, to their partner. Um, sometimes they're not ready, even though the imago um, process is to get them talking to each other. Sometimes when you have very early wounded people, you have to teach them how to do that, and sometimes you need to titrate through the yes. therapy to do that. But you're still uh, doing that in the context where the two of them are present. It's Always within. Present. The, yeah, it's not individual sessions with each uh-huh. of them. Okay. Because what my hope is that their partner will see how hard they're working to become grounded, to be available to the relationship, and mm-hmm. I will say that I want you to notice how hard your partner just worked right now to contain their reactivity to be calm so that they can be available to you. Did you notice that? Yes, I noticed that. Let them know that you appreciate that. So I'm always bringing it back to them and having whatever efforts they're making be appreciated. But So in a way there's a very clear contract for people coming in that uh, the contract is nothing, it will not work out unless both of you agree to contain your reactivity. That you may not see it and experience it at this point as reactivity, mm-hmm. but you have to do that because mm-hmm. otherwise it won't be safe and it won't be productive. Right. And I tell them without safety, there will be nothing else. So my job is to keep both of you safe. Mm-hmm. And that's my contract with you is that I will keep both of you safe. I had a couple come in the other day and he had just returned from a trip And she was so angry, she didn't want to talk to him. And he had no idea she was this mad. I was so surprised. He had no idea she was this angry because I could feel it the minute she walked in the room. And she didn't want to talk to him. So I had her talk to me. And, of course, she had nothing but bad things to say that he had left without telling her when he was going, where he was going, when he would be back. He was gone for four days. She had no idea. She was left holding the bag of selling their house, very angry. In her family of origin, she was the oldest of five and had to be responsible for her siblings while her parents went out drinking. Mm. So she has all of that rage and all of that frustration and a sense of responsibility that uh, she does not want anymore. So got her to the point where I told her, you know, you need to be taken care of and you, you don't have a sense about how to take care of yourself and I really want that for you. So let's find out what we need to do so that you are taking care of yourself regardless of what he's doing. And then when I turned to him, he said, I didn't, well, he, she had told a story about her father beating her with a strap. He said, I never knew that before. And he had so much empathy for her because she opened up to me. Mm-hmm. And then what he was able to say is, I tried to tell her where I was going, but she was drunk. And I couldn't tell her. Mm. So I'm so mad because she was drunk again that I left. 
And so I could turn back to her and say, okay, so this onion is being peeled now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now we're seeing the layers of it. Yeah. And I want both of you to take a breath. You both make sense to me. Why you're, each one of you are frustrated makes a lot of sense to me. And this is going to take many conversations to get through to what, where we need to go so that this doesn't continue for the two of you. By the time they left, they were both breathing. Mm -hmm. They were both a little bit more relaxed. They both had had some relief. This doesn't solve the problem, but they had an experience in my office of getting through this in a way that's different than the way they are used to doing it at home, where they stop talking to each other or they criticize each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so really that you're the embodiment of safety yeah. and communication, yeah. the possibility of communication, yes. the possibility of being heard. Yes, the possibility that there's another way than the way that you're used to, the way you've been taught. There is another way that maybe you don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Let's be curious about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that feels like a very beautiful explanation, description, of what you do, just um, as we're, we're coming to the end, is there something that you might want to add, or is this a good place to end? Um, I just think that um, working with the energy, whether it's with individuals or with couples, in whatever way that you do that, um, is really important. I have to be aware of my own energy in the room and what's happening inside of me, and I use that. You know, mm -hmm. my will say, I'm noticing that I'm feeling unsafe, or I notice that I'm feeling some sadness. Let's see what that's about, you know. So sometimes I let them borrow <laughs> my sense of um, self-awareness and energy, or sometimes I get a uh, feeling like my jaw starts to tighten, and then I look toward them to see whose jaw is tightening. Mm -hmm. So my energy, their energy, and we create a partnership between the three of us, and then they start learning this language. And so when they go out of the room, then that becomes one of their first uh, awarenesses. What's happening in my energy, and what can I do to shift it? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, um, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is both for the client and for the therapist to be aware of their energy. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Garrett. This recording is part of the Somatic Mindfulness and Relational Psychotherapy podcast. See the website, relationalimplicit.com. Self-awareness and energy, or sometimes I get a uh, feeling like my jaw starts to tighten, and then I look toward them to see whose jaw is tightening. Mm -hmm. So my energy, their energy, and we create a partnership between the three of us, and then they start learning this language. And so when they go out of the room, then that becomes one of their first uh, awarenesses. What's happening in my energy, and what can I do to shift it? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, um, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is both for the client and for the therapist to be aware of their energy. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Garrett. 
This recording is part of the Somatic Mindfulness and Relational Psychotherapy podcast. See the website relationalimplicit.com.